Value is a lie. The fantasy football industry is wrong when they say that an instantaneous assessment of worth can be made about an asset. On the Big Game Theory podcast, I'm going to tell you why. So, value. What do I mean when I say value? Because if I'm going to make a bold claim like value is a lie, I need to make sure that I'm explaining to you what I mean when I use that word. And so there are three main understandings of what value means in the fantasy football industry. So the first one is a personal value. It is where you individually, as a manager, assess the worth of an asset to be, whether that be a player or a draft pick. What do you believe the worth of an asset is? And how do you figure that out? Whether that's dictated by watching film, viewing stats, listening to other opinions, and filtering all of that information through your own personal lens until you ultimately come to a conclusion about how much a player you believe to be worth right now. And then you act on that information. That is what personal value is, generally speaking. There's also market value. Market value is a general reflection of the consensus belief of an asset's worth. So in the preseason, that's generally ADP, average draft position. That's a pretty general reflection of how much the community as a whole believes that a player is worth. There's also other ways that it can be reflected, but when we get in season, it's a little bit harder to determine. But the truth still holds that as players perform, as we get data, as we see film and As things progress in these players' careers, the market value will also fluctuate. But the key here is that the market value does not always react to that information the same way that you, the manager, does. And then there's also opponent value, which is how much an individual values an asset, but that individual being one of your opponents, being a league mate. And again, just like personal value or market value, that can fluctuate based on a lot of information, but it's important that you recognize that there are different values for the same assets depending on which value definition you're using. And so generally speaking, as fantasy managers, when we act on our understanding of what value is, if we believe that an asset is more valuable than the market, we will buy that asset. And if we believe an asset is less valuable than the market believes, then we'll sell that asset. And same thing goes for trades, which is when we will generally use our understanding of opponent value. If your opponent believes an asset is more valuable than you do, you'll sell or trade them that asset. And if you believe an asset is more valuable than your opponent does, you'll generally trade for that asset. So now that we've gotten that out of the way of what exactly we believe when we say value, I'm going to give you the reason why it's wrong. The issue with value is that when we come to an understanding of the instantaneous worth of an asset, we're almost always wrong. Because when we make a value assessment, much like a trade calculator might, where it would spit out a specific number and put that number there and say, this is how much this asset is worth, you're gambling that you are exactly right. You're exactly right on that number. And then you're going to go make transactions based on that exact number. And you're either going to buy or sell depending on how that number shapes up against other specific numbers. Now, it might not be a trade calculator. Maybe it's rankings or just some 
unambiguous idea that you have in your head of, eh, this is generally how much I think this asset is worth, and I'm going to hold to that until it changes in my head, and I'm going to act on that value. But like I said earlier, you're betting that you're right every single time you make one of those. And the truth is, we're almost never 100% correct about a player. So what's the solution here? If we can't use value to determine how much an asset is worth, what should we use? And I'm going to introduce a new concept to some of you called range of outcome, ROO or RU for short. And basically what range of outcome is, is it's a all-encompassing understanding of the possible outcomes that an asset can achieve. And there's a probability tied to each of those outcomes. And so you look at an asset and you determine all the possible outcomes that you believe that asset can achieve. And then you determine how likely it is that you believe that asset will reach all of those outcomes. And then once you have a general understanding of that asset's range of outcomes, then you can make wiser transactions using that range of outcome information. And so acting with range of outcomes in mind, as opposed to just strictly value, allows you to have a more broad approach when approaching trades. Because you're not just looking at this player is worth more than this player. You're also able to look at, okay, but this player has a certain range of outcome that I value more than, or I, you know, I personally prefer more than another player's higher level range of outcome. It's a little tricky to explain generally, so I'm going to take a specific example. So as the 2020 season concluded, the Miami Dolphins had Miles Gaskin as their RB1. And so the conversation surrounding the Dolphins in the offseason leading up to the 2021 NFL draft was whether or not the Dolphins were going to draft a rookie running back to replace Miles Gaskin. Some members of the industry believed that the Dolphins would not draft a running back, and other members in the industry believed that they would. And depending on which side of the aisle that managers fell on, they would then make transactions based upon that assumption. So if a manager believed that the Dolphins would draft a running back, then they sold all their shares of Miles Gaskin, because they assumed the Dolphins would draft a running back, and so they acted upon that information. They acted upon that assumption. On the other side, some individuals believed that the Dolphins would not draft a running back, and so they made the assumption that Miles Gaskin would be the lead back going into the 2021 season. And so they made transactions with the assumption that Miles Gaskin was lead back material. But both of those assumptions got people in trouble. Because if you believed that the Dolphins would draft a running back, then you were wrong. And then you lost value because you sold Miles Gaskin, and, uh, and now you don't get Miles Gaskin on your team. But if you made the assumption that the Dolphins would draft a running back, and you valued him highly enough that you thought he was a starting running back who could potentially see a heavy workload, then you might have even overvalued him relative to the market because not everybody believed that. And so how would range of outcome valuation or assessment of cost or worth, how would range of outcome helped you better approach that situation? So what Rue would have done is determined all the possible outcomes. And so in this scenario, there were two possible outcomes. The Dolphins do draft a running back. The Dolphins don't draft a running back. 
and then it would have assigned a probability to both of those outcomes. Now, you as a manager have to decide how likely you believe those outcomes to be. Nobody knows for sure. It's not an objective understanding. So you need to decide how much you think it's going to happen, how likely. And then once you get an idea of how likely you believe that outcome to be, then you can go make transactions. If you find league mates that believe it's more likely than you do that the Dolphins draft a running back, then you can buy Miles Gaskin from them. And if you have league mates that believe it's less likely that the Dolphins draft a running back than you do, then you can sell Miles Gaskin to them. And instead of having to sit on one side or the other side of the aisle and believe what you believe, make an assumption and act on it, you kind of hedge your bets a little bit. And if you approach all of your assets, whether they be players or draft picks, with the idea that you don't know for sure what's going to happen, but you have a general understanding of their potential, whether that be on the upside or on the downside, what their risk and what their reward is, you can make wiser transaction moves. Because it might be hard to exactly guess what an asset's going to be, but it's a bit easier to determine what the range of general perceivable outcomes is or are for an asset. So I understand that that's, number one, a controversial take, and number two, a pretty nuanced and complicated one. So if you have questions regarding this range of outcome definition or anything I discussed in the episode today, reach out to me and ask. On Twitter, I'm at BGTEvan, and on Instagram, I'm at BigGameTheory. Hit me up, and let's chat about it. I would love to do what I can to help you better understand what I discussed on the episode today. I'm so glad that you tuned in to listen or watch today. I'll be back next week, but until then, peace out.